What is up, everybody? Trenton here with Soundlink Magazine for another episode of All Access. This week we have Kevin Max on, one of the original members of the Christian rock scene on BC Talk. We're going to talk about that little backstory there, as well as the solo material under his name, Kevin Max, as well as his new album coming out soon, and a little bit about the Christian music industry. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Soundlink Mag, as well as Instagram at Soundlink Mag, and let's get right into this thing. You know, I really yeah. just wanted to talk to you, you know, a lot about, you know, your career and stuff, and it's good to see that you're doing stuff. I was actually doing a little, you know, a little research before this just to make sure I had everything in line, and, you know, like like you said, you know, earlier about the album, you know, and I saw you released an EP last year, so, and and so I guess, I guess where I want to start is, you know, you've done a lot of this stuff, I think, since, like, the 80s or something, you know, it's funny because I saw you went to Liberty University, and I grew up in Danville, you know, which is, you know, not too far away from Lynchburg, so, um... You know, how did that start, you know, back then? Because I'm pretty sure, I guess, when it, when people think Christian University, because I, I went to one myself, they think a little bit a stricter, you know, more rigid rule system, especially back then. So, you know, what was it like trying to form, I guess, a rock band, you know, back then at, you know, a Christian university? Yeah, I mean, we, we all kind of, man, it's a, that, that's, a, that's a long story, but, but um, we start, I think, you know, we came together as a band and like, man, I think it was 87. And so I graduated high school in 85 and went to Liberty University for one semester, got kicked out, um, came back (laughs) the next semester and met the uh, guys in that, in the band, which became BC talk. Um, we, we met, you know, actually the the funny thing is, is that Toby and Michael had a little, had their band together before they even asked me, you know, and they called a band. It was like two guys doing, you know, pop hip hop stuff, but they came to me because they knew I was singing in a rock band around campus. And they asked me if I'd be the guy to, to sing the rock stuff. <laughs> and, I, and I, and I said like, what rock stuff, you know, because like the stuff that they were doing at the time had nothing to do with rock and roll music. And then Toby kind of explained he wanted like, you know, he wanted like a, a, a section of the songs to kind of have more of a guitar bass, you know, rocking kind of, kind of vibe. And, and that's, you know, I agreed and I was kind of like, this is going to be really strange because I've, you know, I've never wanted to be a part of a hip hop band. So this is really weird. And we made the demo tape, which became the first album. And, um, Toby went out and shopped it to a bunch of labels. And before we knew it, we, we were assigned to forefront and the rest is kind of history. But, um, yeah, the so interesting thing is at the very beginning, I, I didn't even know what they were trying to do. And I thought it was, I thought it was ridiculous. I was like, there, "There's no way this is gonna, this is gonna become popular because it's, it's just too weird," <laughs> you know. But I remember playing shows early with these two guys and just thinking, "Man, people love this." And I think it was because there was nothing like it. Yeah, you know, it's like you had two singers and a and a rapper, and we were, you know, we were doing music that was kind of, you know, at the time it was it was pretty cutting edge, and so, um. I think it had a lot of energy behind it that um, kind of propelled it forward into um, the label and then touring and everything else. But yeah, yeah. that was, that was actually, you know, you got started then. I think the whole new metal thing started in the, you know, mid nineties, late nineties or so. And that's like before all of that. So you guys were doing this whole rock and roll with the rapping type of stuff before, you know, bands like, you know, I, I don't even know when they get started, but you know, like for example, you know, bands like Corn or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you guys. I don't yeah, yeah, we were definitely before that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, um, 
the only thing that was out there at the time that was anything like that would have been Beastie Boys, you know? Yeah. And um, Run DMC was kind of playing with it early on with, uh, with their Raising Hell album, you know, kind of, you know, sampling all those Zeppelin hooks and, and, and throwing those in there. And then, of course, their, their duet with Aerosmith. So people were, I think people were, um, they were, they were definitely uh, experimenting, but nobody had really done like a, a trio like we had done of two singers and a, and a rapper. Um, and it, it kind of, um, again, you know, I come from like a new wave post-punk thing, you know, I was yeah. into the cure, the cure and the Smiths and, and David Bowie. And so I didn't know anything about hip hop. And so when I got into this group, I was like, man, people are going to like the fact that we're even singing while you're rapping. And you know, you know, <laughs> Toby yeah. and Mike were both like, no, this is going to happen, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, I was the, I was the doubter and then it, you know, became, it became huge. And, and, and then I had to, I had to just sit back and just go, wow. I mean, to be a part of something that kind of opened the door for a lot of other bands is pretty cool. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's very interesting. Because... And I know, I know bands like 21 pilots and father Misty, <laughs> and lots, of, lots of other artists that have said, you know, uh, we, we basically were influences and it, it, it's, it's pretty cool to, to hear that. The crazy you know? thing is so. about 21 pilots is their drummer, Josh actually played in um, house of heroes for a bit. I think he was just like a live member. I don't know if, you know, house of heroes, they're like a Christian, you know, indie rock band or whatever a while back, but yes. Yeah. So he was, he was one of their, one of their drummers and it, and it's crazy how like, back then you guys were you were influencing artists you know that look back on you now because it seems like it, you guys came up in the time when you know christian christian music i guess was was the safe alternative like if you like this band then you'll love this band and they sing about jesus you know so you know <laughs> yes. so like what is it like for you guys starting out this thing not knowing what it's going to do where it's going to go it's never been done before then you get in this Christian music industry where I guess all of a sudden you have people telling you how you have to act, how you have to dress, how you have to sound, you know, you know, how did you guys handle that type of stuff? I, I didn't, I didn't know much if anything about Christian music, you know, even though I grew up in a Christian home, um, I didn't, I didn't listen to a lot of Christian music. So, um, being a part of BC talk in those early days is when I started, you know, my education of, of Christian music started, you know, and I started looking around going, Oh, okay, that's cool. And I remember the first European tour we did as DC talk, we were on the road with Charlie Peacock and the 77s and resurrection band. And I just remember going, Oh, okay. There's really cool music in Christian in, in the Christian genre. I didn't, I didn't think any of that even existed. Yeah. You know? Um, and then of course, you know, you, you find out there's a lot of cheesy stuff too. And, uh, um, so over the years, I mean, personally, I, I had a little bit of a, um, I would constantly have, have, a, have my doubts about how cool Christian music was. And, uh, even to this day, I mean, what I do now as a solo artist, I don't, I don't, I don't make Christian music anymore. Um, I still retain my faith, but I'm not, I'm not in the Christian music genre. Yeah. And so I guess I was kind of always that guy that had, I, I was kind of at odds with it a little bit, you know? Yeah. You had that little, but I also, in you. <laughs> but I also knew that it, it was reaching people on so many different levels, you yeah. know? And, um, it was a positive, 
message for a lot of people. And, and, uh, you know, I tell people, Hey, even though I don't make music like that anymore, I'm still massively, uh, respectful and, and honored about, you know, when I, when I hear from people that, you know, DC talk changed their way of thinking. Um, and, uh, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I still feel proud of those early days, even we even when we did some pretty cheesy albums, you know. Yeah, yeah, sort of like bridging that with this now, what you're doing and stuff. Some something, you know, I, you know, I don't really, you know, we talk to a lot of different artists of all different sizes, different genres, but you know, very rarely do we have somebody who's you know been in the Christian music industry, such as yourself, who's done as much. And so, um, something I like to ask those people when I get a chance is being through that especially as long as you have did did that you know you said you're you still retain your faith and everything but did like i guess anything in through those years affect that any you know cause doubts or questions you know things that you didn't expect to see you know someone in that industry do do you know things like that did any of that type sure. of stuff you know sort of you know affects your belief system in any in any way i mean i, I mean absolutely i think people are people you know and human beings are flawed all the way across the board from atheists to Christians. So, uh, everybody has their, their hangups and every, and nobody's perfect. Um, and you know, at 50 years old, I'm definitely in a place where I ask more questions than I do have answers. Um, so you've kind of caught me at a very interesting point in my life. Um, and I consider myself an alternative artist. I don't, I don't consider myself a Christian music artist anymore. Um, and even when we were DC Talk, I think we considered ourselves artists first, you know, and the Christian aspect of it was was our faith, and we and we explored that through music, yeah, you know. So I mean, you get you get titled and you get put into a box and and you get packaged up for people, and this is what you know. I mean, you get into so many different articles about how you know we were the leaders of Christian music in the '90s and. Honestly, we're just three flawed people trying to make great music that happen to have faith, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, through time, I mean, I've seen a lot of hypocrisy. I've seen a lot of people that uh, aren't real about who, who they say they are. And, um, you know, I've seen some unbelievably um, beautiful people that 100% uh, believe in what they believe in and, and yeah. stand for it. And, um and fight for it. So I think that's a spectrum, you know? Yeah. I saw a lot of fakery within the church and I saw a lot of people that were, you know, a hundred percent, um, sold out. And so it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, I like, I like to tell people, you know, I've kind of seen behind the veil of every church in America and it's, yeah. and it's true. Um, and some, some of those, um, establishments are massively, massively off base in my opinion. And, uh, you know, there's a few that are, that kind of have it right and, um, are doing great things. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll never judge anyone. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a person to judge. So I don't, uh, throw stones at people, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. So yeah. You- See, um, you mentioned your music not necessarily being like I guess the Christian genre, and I listened to I was listening to some of it past couple of days and stuff, especially your last one. And you know, there, there, you know, there's you know songs on there that you know do mention Jesus. I do, I do several different things, man. Okay, you know, yeah. And the, and the last 
if you, if you, <laughs> you, you almost have to go into my iTunes or, you know, go onto my main page, KevinMax.com and go through my discography to see like all the different things that I do. But yeah, um, yeah the last EP that I did was, was a covers album and I did choose songs that um, had spiritual content, but were secular songs, Okay, you know? Yeah. So we, ch- we chose songs by Bob Dylan and, and uh, you know, the call and you two and, and yes, there was a Rich Mullins um, cover on there called Creed, and <laughs> yeah, and but the but the album right before that, I mean, like literally months before that, is an album called Playing Games of the Shadow. That's really kind of what I do. It's it's an alternative rock synth synth pop record, okay. you know. And the new album that I'm doing right now, A Wall, is is much of the same, yeah. you know. And if you go back in and you know go th- wander through my original you know, uh, work, you know, not the cover stuff. I mean, it's, it's really kind of Euro rock kind of alternative centered stuff. So there's, um, there are a few, like the covers record I just did. Yeah. Serve somebody. I decided to do that, um, as a, as a kind of like a bonus project where I had extra, uh, um, songs on the road with me when I, when I, when I did a a specific group of, uh, shows, Okay. And, um, you know, I tend to do covers here and th- cover projects here and there, um, because people love it when I, when I cover certain types of music, but that one specifically was, yes, like a, I wouldn't call it a Christian album, but I'd call it uh, a spiritual covers yeah. album where I tried to find, you know, uh, secular bands like Dylan who were talking about their faith through music, Okay. Yeah. you know? Yeah, I guess that's on me for not really knowing those songs to begin with. Almost, yeah, yeah that, I mean, you know, Christian yeah. Christian radio would probably wouldn't play uh, yeah. Bob Dylan serve somebody. Yeah, no, unfortunately, yeah. that's just the way it goes. But yeah, um, yeah it, it's funny because like you know, with a lot of these interviews, you know, sometimes people already kind of like segue into what I want to something else I want to touch on. You know, one thing, and you mentioned the covers, and something that's very interesting to me, and I just you know want to hear your take on it is that you know the Christian music industry seems to you know, in a way live off of covers, you know, somebody will write a worship song or a song and then like, you know, a band will take it and do an entire album on it and, and, you know, sell millions of copies, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because it seems like every band that Michael has been in after DC talk has covered Jesus freak, you know, and even they did the whole, like, like a lion thing, you know, for the God's not dead. And that got super big, but it, you know, it wasn't really their song, you know? And so, you know what is right. it, what is it about you know that industry that makes it I guess more acceptable to to cover songs like that to release some as co- your content really and and you know whereas you know like a, you know like the rock world or the country world where that's sort of just like not not as welcoming I guess. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I really don't know the answer to that because again, I'm not really in that genre. Yeah, I do know that you're when when you're talking about. Um, you know, you're talking about modern worship songs. I mean, yeah, I mean, those are covered to oblivion, in my opinion. <laughs> um, and that has a lot to do with the church, I believe, because people sing those songs every Sunday and they want to sing them over and over and over again. So there's like a huge amount of people that want to hear those same songs done different ways. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm not in that you know, yeah, kind of yeah. genre anymore. So, you know, when I make, you know, records through pledge music or if I do them with a label or whatever, 
I tend to want to do original music before anything else, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll pick a, a singer that I really look up to as an example. There's a guy named Brian Ferry that was in a band called Roxy Music, you know, and he's done several covers albums of, of, you know, he actually did a Bob Dylan covers record where he did all Dylan songs. And then he's done a couple of records where he's done like songs of the past, you know, and, you know, artists like Rod Stewart that do that too, that, uh, you know, do these covers albums of great songs from the past. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as, you know, they're putting out original material as well. Okay. That's just my two cents on it. Like, Maybe Rod Stewart feels like he has to do that in order to bring in a bigger crowd because, you know, his days of writing rock and roll music with, with you know, um, uh, you know, Ronnie Wood or whoever else has kind of gone. And now he's making a lot more dough singing in Vegas doing covers, yeah. you know, um, who knows why they choose to do that. I know for me, it's, I, I get more inspiration making original albums. And that's why. You know, I'm working on AWOL right now, which is, you know, going to be a 14-track album. Okay. Um, and it's um, it's a lot more exciting for me to, to do that than to do covers. But, hey, once in a while, I mean, I put an album out um, a couple before this called Starry Eye Surprise, which is new wave songs from the 80s, also um, golden age classics. And I kind of threw them all into a stew and... and, and uh, Kind of did the, almost kind of did them like what what Frank Sinatra or Nat King Cole would how how they would cover them you know so it was a little bit more classic sounding and I did that as an experiment you know and there was a lot of people that loved it and then there was a lot of people that were just like what did what are you doing you know so I tend to come back to what I do as an artist um, and and what I do in a purist standpoint and. You know, if you were to listen to AWOL, that's really what I do. And if you go to the album before that, Playing Games of the Shadow, that's really what I do. And if you go before that to records like Crashing Gates and The Imposter, I mean, that's that's what I do. Okay. So um, to just kind of educate you, because obviously <laughs> you haven't been able to, to listen to all my music. Yeah, I've been able to hear it all. I just got on Spotify and try to, you know, Get get the most recent one, familiarize with myself as best. And I Spotify, you know what's interesting is Spotify. I'm just getting ready to really kind of unleash on Spotify because, um, in the past it's all been about iTunes and Apple Music for me. So, um, I'm working with my distributor on this record to really kind of start focusing this record on Spotify. So, you bring up an interesting thing. I mean, I feel like. Dude, that, um, that's so crazy that's, because, like, that's another thing I was going to go into. I was going to go into, like, album sales and streaming and all that, but continue. It, it's just crazy how these things sort of, like, build into one another. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was, I'm old enough to remember that how, how to make records by tape, you know? Yeah. And we used to splice tape together. And, I mean, you know, all my heroes used to make records like that, too. You know, so, um, <laughs> but today, I mean, with streaming being such a huge deal, you have to look at, you know, where does your audience go to to listen to songs and how can you reach a bigger audience? And it just seems like Spotify is kind of like one of the go-to stops for everybody now. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, as like a 50-year-old guy that loves alternative uh, classic new wave stuff, I, I still go to Apple Music, you know? Yeah. Um, I really don't even have a Spotify account. 
So whatever is on Spotify is what's being put up there by distribu- distribution companies. So I'm actually getting ready to get a hold of that and go, no, 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 wait. These are the songs that I like <laughs> of, of, from, 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 <laughs> from my work, and uh, these are the ones that we should focus on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for me, like with, with so. this kind of stuff, you know, even with newer bands, having to find newer bands to listen to, you know, I I pay for Apple, but I'm on a Spotify trial, you know, just to play with it more. But yeah, it seems like Spotify it has become the standard, though I do like Apple's integration with your library and all that type of stuff too. But um, vinyl vinyl's big now too. I, I buy some vinyl. You looking to like press any vinyl for your new music, or or are you just not going to get on that one? No, actually, the last four projects have done vinyl. Okay, um, awesome. And th- and this record, we're doing vinyl on it as well. Okay, so. sweet. Well, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to take too much more of your time, so if you want to say what else you can about the new record that you want to say, or if you have any shows or tours that you can can plug or anything like that you, you feel yeah well i mean i mean i definitely would love to plug plug the, the 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 new the new album i mean that's what i'm doing i mean yeah. people can like right now we're still in the middle of the pledge campaign so uh people can go to pledge music um dot com uh forward slash projects you know find out about how they can get it get on board with awol i mean we we did release seven tracks from the album already for those people that have pledged. So whoever pledges gets like the, an immediate seven track download. And we're going to be doing a 10 track vinyl and um, probably 12 to 14 track CD and, 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 and digital stuff as well. Okay. So um, what was, uh, super what amped you... about it. I mean, I don't know if you know anything about um, the Smiths, you know, yeah, from the eighties yeah, yeah. with, with Morrissey as the lead singer. I mean, uh, the bass player from the Smiths, Andy Rourke is on this record. Um, also uh, on drums is a guy named uh, Matt Johnson who plays with St. Vincent and uh, <clears throat> and Rufus Wainwright. And one of the guys from Passenger is also playing on the record. And so physical, yeah, physical product, stuff that you can actually put your hands on. That'll be out like in, you know, the end of May. Okay. So, yeah. but people can go to my Twitter, they can go to my Facebook, which is twitter.com forward slash Kevin Max. Same thing for Facebook, and the links are all on my profiles. Instagram is the same thing. It's um, Instagram is actually Sir Kevin Max, which I'm, <laughs> nice. I've not I've not been knighted, but you know that's I awesome. thought it was a uh, thought it was funny. Um, <clears throat> that's that's Sir Kevin Max for Instagram, and then I mean KevinMax.com is my main site, and that has links to the uh, pledge campaign as well. Okay, so well, thanks a lot for doing this. I know it's sort of like out of the blue and random and stuff, but thanks for. Thanks for doing this with us. No, and, it's cool, yeah. man. And I and I, and I like I like talking to people that don't know anything about my music because then I can <laughs> kind of educate them on the fact that hey, this is what I've actually done.